Welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tim Malloy, and this week we're talking about a new documentary that you can't see yet called Feels Good Man, about an innocuous cartoon character named Pepe the Frog who became a symbol of hatred and a meme that helped Donald Trump become president. Feels Good Man, directed by Arthur Jones, premiered at Sundance, and is very close to being released. It couldn't be more timely with the 2020 election coming up and misinformation and propaganda swelling all around us. The doc also explores the depressing sub-community of people who revel in being NEAT, an acronym that means not in education, employment, or training, and looks at the overlapping online hovels of incels, racists, and people who say they're just kidding. If you like this episode, please review it. If you don't, okay. Here's me and the other co-hosts of Loki, Aaron Lanton and Keith Denny. We talk about Peppy the Frog, what it's like to see your creation bastardized, and how to separate the good information on the internet from the endless barrage of trash. So I really wanted to talk about this documentary because uh, it touched on some stuff that Aaron was sending me over Twitter DMs um, about basically how white nationalists have a tendency to do very horrible things and say horrible things and then treat them as a joke so that it's kind of hard to um, pin them to them. So if you say like that's racist, they can go, oh, haha, you have no sense of humor. And it seems to all go back and be kind of um, well microcosmed by the Pepe, Pepe the Frog phenomenon, which is what the movie Feels Good Man is all about. Look, I can't remember which thing it was that we were talking about. I feel like maybe it was related to the recent um, coronavirus protest, which it, it was is like, like so weird. It was like goofballs. Goofballs makes it sound innocent. I want to say assholes. It was assholes who were wearing like Hawaiian shirts or something, which they've somehow claimed as like a symbol of white pride, which is all kinds of crazy. Um, because, you know, Hawaii, Hawaii is an island with indigenous people. But neither here, it's one of those things where it's trying to draw you into like debating them and having like an intellectual debate so they can take you around in circles and make fun of you. So I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just going to leave it at assholes. But they're dressing up in silly costumes um, to incite a reaction of some kind. Hawaiian shirts, though. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like let's. That, that's a rabbit hole. I think all right. of us would have to research to even give the audience any sense of like what the hell it's about. That is a thing happening, and they call themselves some group. We'll come back to that perhaps on another episode. Tor- torches, maybe. No, those are different people. Oh, okay. Yeah, th- those are not the those are the Jews will not replace us people. That's something else. Separate but that, intersecting that is, assholes. So so the I thought they was the exact same people though. Uh they might kick it in similar circles, but you know, that's like the Richard Spencer folks. These this is like a different um the Hwanshire people are like a different tag along. Um and you know, actually, I don't. I don't even know where to start with, with with the doc itself. Actually, I mean, I can just say, you know, as somebody who is a gamer and has been just kind of passively watching this shit grow and amplify since like fifty six K modem days, getting called an N word on fifty, you know, like on in Unreal Tournament ninety nine and stuff like that in the early two thousands. Um, this has been a fascinating thing to kind of watch take place, and something that I realized as time is going on, even up to the, today, is that people of you know an, an older generation 
have no clue what this shit is. Like, they don't even... So, they recognize that the framing of conventional news media is being framed by things happening on, you know, the internet and, and, you know, these social media big tech companies, they, they know that's happening, but they don't get to see how it, it happens and, and who is shaping these conversations. That's something that feel, feels good, man, does a really good job of, of helping show. Um, and I guess we should start with, with the beginning. Um, I can just say <laughs> I, I had no clue where Pepe the Frog came from. Um, yeah. It, it just became a part of the lexicon I saw among gamers, particularly like streamers, um, who would say like feels good, man, or feels bad, man. And I had no clue what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. Um, eventually I started getting how they were using it, but I didn't know the origin of the character. And I don't think many people did actually who were using it, even though it, it was part of their language at some point. Can I try to do this in a minute? Sure. Go for it. So Matt Fury is this cartoonist who has this cute, goofy cartoon about like some young guys living together kind of post-college years when they're just being like, idiots just hanging out doing stuff so there's this character named pepe the frog who every time he goes to the bathroom he pulls his pants all the way down pees in the toilet uh and they go hey pepe i heard that you pull your pants all the way down and he goes feels good man so that's the or the origin of that phrase it's just a silly funny cartoon so it's a stoner comic yeah totally so from there um people in like 4chan start to embrace this character as like a symbol of their sort of uh, neat existence and what neat stands for according to this documentary is not an education employment or training um, which means basically guys who are sometimes literally living in their parents basements um, not doing much except for screwing around on the internet and playing video games um, now normies or normal people come in and start embracing Pepe because they think he's cute and they think this is repugnant because they don't want normal people or girls in their world so they start as a joke trying to make Pepe as repulsive as, pop, as possible, including like attaching him to Nazis and Hitler and things like that. Um, then at some point, there's like a chicken or the egg phenomenon where actual Nazis start to embrace Pepe as a symbol of hatred and racism and everything else. Um, Trump people start to embrace Pepe. Uh, there's, I keep wanting to use the word intersectionality <laughs> to, refer to, like, <laughs> to refer to like bad people. Um, but there's an intersection, intersectionality of people whose views are horrible um, and people who are just kind shit of... posting. Yeah, shitposting um, on the internet. And so Pepe becomes this completely tainted, toxic symbol. Matt Fury tries to reclaim him in his very innocent, perhaps naive way, saying we're going to do like images of Pepe as a symbol of love. That absolutely doesn't work. Um, Pepe is now classified by, I think, the Southern Poverty Law Center or other anti-hate groups. Um, as a symbol of, you know, white supremacy, Nazism, whatever else. Yep. That was pretty succinct. <laughs> no, that, that, that's what happened. That, that's what the doc's about. And, and actually, um, it, it specifically, um, it, it begins by kind of giving you a sense of, of Matt Fury. Um, his, his origins of the comic is as laid out by Tim. Uh, along with kind of who these people are who are amplifying it. these So, and, and it's weird because, um, you know, talking about it really quick, it's hard to get the synopsis, but one of the things that happens to is that um, it gets in the incel culture, um, 
and these people who feel like normies, so to speak, um, should have violent vengeance taken upon them. Uh, they give a few examples of people who who um, use that sort of attitude to actually merit out uh, gun violence in the, in the United States. Um, there's a person they use in the document in particular who says, you know, I don't condone what this person did, but they did shape who I am and, and part of their culture on 4chan forms and, and areas like that. Well, they, um, they sympathize, perhaps jokingly, perhaps seriously, with the UC Santa Barbara shooter who was this guy who couldn't get a girlfriend, Elliot. I don't even say his name because fuck him. Yeah, that's um, why I skipped around it, yeah. Yeah, um, who girls don't like and so he decides he's going to go on a shooting spree at my at my university my alma mater um so you know there's this whole thing with hyperbole with this culture where they they'll say ridiculously hyperbolic things uh and you don't know whether to take them at their word or not which is also a thing that trump does and then you're kind of drawn into the rabbit hole of well did he mean it this way or did he mean it this way and you're just wasting your time spinning your wheels trying to interpret um how seriously you should take people who are saying things that are horrible. And unfortunately, you know, my generation gets caught up in this a lot too. And I feel like this happens with people who were not actually interacting with folks on the internet much. There's a point. So early, early, like in the two thousands, late nineties, as chat rooms are becoming a thing and people are ASL and each other and all this shit. Um, you know, you don't have web cameras. Everybody can't see each other. I mean, it's it's a very, very anonymous place. You learn to, you know, one, realize that, you know, most people are lying about who they are and, and what they're about and all of that. But also, people say shit just to get you riled up. Keith, you know this too, man. Xbox Live, man, I'm early 2000 days. That was a dirty, dirty place, man. <laughs> have you seen that, um, that, um, what was it, that meme? Um, with um, Freezer from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, is this about monkeys? Because I ain't seen it. I don't even know which one you're talking about. But he he called <laughs> folks monkeys all the time. So is that what you're talking about? They took a they took a scene from the movie Dragon Ball Super Brawly when mm. he first beat the Sands, and they said that's what that one white kid on Xbox Live said. <laughs> that guy's in the in the chat room. Like, Hello, monkeys. I, hey, that that shit is super offensive, but it's like so true. Like me and my girlfriend, we just be walking around saying that to each other, <laughs> busting out laughing and shit. No, but seriously, you, if you if you so, were on a mic on Xbox Live back in the like original Xbox days, hell, even 360 days, hell, even Xbox One now. Like, let's say I get on the mic, I say one word. Don't let too many young white kids be like, "That's a black guy." Okay, but then and, then it, and it can devolve real fast right after that. Yeah, sometimes they be really violent though. Like rather they know if you black or not. Like I remember, man, on Call of Duty, man, this one little white kid, he went straight the fuck off on me, man, because I was sniping him. And he was like, "Fucking capper, I'll kill you!" Like he was talking about killing me, my mama. He was gonna rape them and all of that stuff. Like it was, it was hard. Like I was, and, and that's the thing. Sometimes you don't even be on the chat. They just send you crazy crazy violent ugly ass like chat messages no he wasn't chatting me he was like screaming and on the headset no but i'm just saying like <laughs> said, you don't even have that you know how like you'll get those messages when a match done, done with whether it's a fighting game or a shooting game a sports game whatever it is they be salty and they be like just raunchy with it you be like man like it's not even that serious 
Also, this go back to our conversation that we had about nice guys. <laughs> okay, now how the hell, uh, how are we going to get this back to nice guys from, from uh, Memphis Somoyes to, to this? Them same dudes that's mad because they ain't getting no ass. And that one guy that went to this, that we were just talking about that went up and shot up all them people. Well, that was ridiculous, yeah. That same, them the same motherfuckers that be talking about they nice guys all the time. You, I, yeah, this is true. If I, you watch that idiot's video, his, like, death video, his whole complaint is, like, why can't women recognize what a good guy I am? Exactly. It's them type of motherfuckers that, go, that do stuff like that. And then the, the other guy that's talking in the video... He he condoned the shit. You know what I'm saying? He just is terrible. Like he like, oh well, you know, I, I don't agree with it, but but pretty much he agreed with it. You know what I'm saying? He he considered the guy to be a hero for for what he did. You know, just cause just cause you can't get no ass. And like I think I think the thing about guys like that, first off, they don't understand women, they disrespectful to women, and they see them as some type of some type of property. So you mad because other people and you envious because other men are able, they have sex with women and you can't even just sit down and have a decent conversation and talk to them like they're a fucking person. Well, you know, women, it's unfortunate that in general, what seems to be coming up is is something that gets missed a lot. And and there's not a national conversation happening about this ever, which is kind of weird. But anytime something happens where a black person gets shot and killed they always go back to the history it's, it becomes like this victim blaming thing did they ever have a gun did they ever smoke weed did they ever do this did they ever do that did he, did he visit a construction site possibly while he was jogging was his father ever in trouble and yeah. they'll go into some stuff about like where are the fathers and i always ask when stuff like this come up where are the oh, white daddies amen it, like this is a question worth asking because all this stuff about like toxic masculine and all this we never like ask these questions about like where they're getting this behavior and attitude from and these guys who don't interact with other people in the world and kind of go into this internet hovel and this sort of safety zone i mean call it what it is it is like a safe zone for them of video games and 4chan and whatever else like they never had a parental figure who said you're not going to do that here like yeah, I, I remember my know, I remember my remember military that? generation grandfather saying like he came back from World War Two World War Two and he tells his dad his dad is like well, what are you gonna do now and he goes well I thought I'd hang out for the summer and just relax and you know maybe like just see my friends and his dad goes great idea where are you gonna do it because you're not gonna do it here he came back from World War Two well but, but think <laughs> about how wild this is so I, I was fascinated by. There's so much to cover, and they do a lot in an hour and a half. There were some things I wish they had done, but you, you only got so much time, right? And I feel like it was the right one. But they don't do it for very long, but there's this moment where they go into – and the guy that keeps talking about who is the one who kind of admires what happens with that shooter, which is weird. But he's like, here's my hovel or whatever the hell he called it. So you go into his, his folks' place. They blur out everybody else's face, and you go into the basement. It's literally the basement, and it's like the trashiest-looking shit. Uh, you know, it's one of the Neats caves, essentially. And it's so... And your place look like that. Okay. No, 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 no. It's his folks' place. Yeah, but it's his shit. It's his... No, no, no. Fuck all that. Look, here's the thing. His parents should kick him out. That's the whole thing. 
these people aren't being asked to take responsibility. Look, as as a now a parent, my, my child's very young, but I get that you would want to look out for your child. But these folks actually aren't asking them to like take on responsibility. I mean, that's one of the things that's actually really interesting is a lot of this comes back to like how you like kind of the values you're instilling in people. And no one should want to live in filth like that. That shit was disgusting. Like they're very just the, the, these people are very placated too. I mean, a lot of people struggling yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. a whole lot, but but that shit is is ridiculous. This should not be. I mean, that that's one of the the ways that this stuff manifests. It's just that in being allowed to be so so kind of nonchalant with with responsibility, Hovenly. as a as a young adult, you're not asking them to to. Just deal with the world and deal with real life and, and and take responsibility and have disappointment and deal with that disappointment and, and struggle through something. Yes. Like, I, I said hovenly. I meant hovelly. Like it's like they live in a hovel. I want to ask yeah. a question, which I think you're getting close to. Um, and this is just my ignorance, and I'm not asking you to speak for all black people or anything like that. But do you know any black NEETs, N-E-E-Ts, not in education, employment, or training, uh, who live um, like that, who like live in their mom's like basement – playing video games all the time because I feel like that's like the one of the most extreme examples of white privilege is these kids who are able to get rid of, of this. I know plenty of young people of all backgrounds who have a similar lifestyle and you know for one reason or another and, and they ain't living like like trashy or nothing. It's just like they they've like look I'm I'm not looking to be like a have some high achieving career. I just want to do the job. I do pay my bills, have a little bit of savings or something go down, but I'm trying to play my games and that be it. But as far as black folks in my generation, chilling at their parents' house, I know what happens. I've heard stories. I don't know these people. I think, I think, well, I would say this for the, for those that are like that, their parents may have been a little bit, a little bit more privileged in a sense. Like they might have been a black family that had that type of money or whatever, and they spoiled their child. But do so, you know any? Uh, do we, do we know anybody personally? No, no. Yeah, I knew somebody that was like that. That was. I don't, I don't even know one. But what I'm saying is that he wasn't like that for his whole entire life. Like he was like that, like through college. But once. Oh got- well, yeah. Okay, but everybody like that. Through, well, not everybody. A lot of people. That's a college stage. Yeah. That, that's essentially what Matt. What Matt was. Uh, but what I'm saying is that they they eventually grow out of. What I was going to say that I think in black culture, though, for the most part, especially like in the generation me and Aaron grew up in and the one, you know, before, it just wasn't cool for no man to be staying with his parents like that. You know what I'm saying? Damn near regardless of the situation. But, but look, so like, it's, not even, it's not as I don't feel like it's even that acceptable. Like like you you could do it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like eventually somebody going to say your ass need to leave. But Matt Fury was that sort of individual. Now, not that he was hanging in his folks' basement, but it was just like, a, I'm just doing stuff, kind of getting by. We in college, he said so himself. And like, really, you know, the the comic. Oh my God, what, what what's the the I think it's um, called comic he wrote? I think it's called Boys Town or something like Boys that. Boys Town. Oh, Bound, but, Boys Town. Boys. Uh, but I want Boys Club. Boys, Boys Club. Club. It is Boys Club. So Boys Club, really, it's about four friends who basically live that kind of life. They don't well, have a ton of responsibility, and they just kind of kick it. Let me clarify, though, because the whole, the whole expression is not in education, employment, or training. If you're, like, working at a coffee shop, 
living like kind of a laid back life. If you're living like the Portlandia lifestyle, um, where you have like a job to pay the bills and then you come home and play video games, you're in a band or whatever. I have no problem with that. That's just, that's how you oh, live actually, your life. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's not actually not a neat. You're right. I'm totally fine that's, with that. I'm talking about people who are like over 30 or like 35 who are still, who have like no aspirations to do anything oh, beyond live off their parents. Yeah, I guess if we, if we put it in that context, I don't, I, I don't know any individual who, who's black who that would even like, shit, no. What I, what I, what worries me about this lifestyle, and I know I sound like the people on the news who are like, the emos like to go to the mall and get piercings. These emos <laughs> worship the devil. Like, I know I sound like that maybe, but like these people are going to grow up and have no education, employment, or training. Their parents are going to die at some point. They, I mean, maybe they'll inherit their mom's house. I don't know what the plan is. Um, what's going to happen to them? Like, are there going to be a bunch of like 50 year old men who have no skills? They're going to become president. All of them. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the goal and aspiration, I suppose. I mean, I, you know, I, I think before we, we get a little deeper into like, you know, their actual significant political power um, and how big tech, which they don't, don't get into in this documentary, which I really wish they had a chance to, because that is literally the fucking gas on the flame of all this stuff. Yeah. But I think it's really worth talking about Matt Fury um, and the creator's dilemma that yeah. comes up here. Can I say um, one other thing real quick before you say that? Please. I also just want to clarify, I'm not talking about people who have depression, who have like mental illness, who have, you know, a legitimate disability of some sort. That's not what I'm talking about. Like I'm talking about like the, the stereotypical internet character, character who lives on the internet doing nothing with their lives. But, but you know, the, the weird thing is at some point, and I'm not saying this in a uh, flippant way, but at some point when you get as because and this is where I I think this is a larger conversation to jump into. Um, th there's a point at which when you get so infatuated with trying to shit post for your own personal validity as an individual, like we were seeing them explain at the start, um, that to a point that that's the sort of stuff that people talk about endorphins and get notifications off social media and stuff like that, that functions that way, but like even more so. And, and there's a point in which you could potentially consider that like a, an illness of some sort. Cause, cause that's how they define themselves. It, it is, it is, um, literally to get a rise out of other people and, and care nothing for, you know, what that may or may not mean, even if you don't, you know, mean the stuff about a 9-11 joke or Nazis or all these other things that Pepe has come to mean. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it is worth considering as we go forward. Like, I mean, how, how do we help these people um, become more empathetic to others and and. Um, do we need to provide some real serious like public service to them to help them like uh, you know train them up and, and and get them back into society and not feel like you know th there's a difference between them and so-called normies. I mean they're normal people too, but they don't see themselves that way. All right, that was very well said. Yeah, uh, I don't. 
I think I can. So, so what I can relate to, I can relate to the to the idea and the concept of you know being an outcast or feeling like you know I guess society let you you know put you on the back burner or whatever. And so I I can feel that. But I think one of the the things is that they're not people like that are not self reflective. I mean, a lot of people are not self reflective to begin with. But when you, when you, you know, you got to look at yourself, you got to look at your own flaws and stuff, but you also have to look at your strengths, right? Because there's a lot of people that's like them that that may have spent, just like, like let's take like Matt Fury in a sense, he kind of comes from, in a way, like a similar grain as as um, the people that, that fall into like almost this Pepe cult. And, um, but he made something out of that, you know what I'm saying? He found that he had a gift for 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 art for drawing and stuff and so that's what he put some energy into doing that that made him a productive individual within society and also be able to do something that he loves you know because being a cartoonist isn't like considered the most normal thing right and not the most lucrative in the world and it's not the most lucrative but he did it because he loved it he did it for the love of it right you know, um, and he, he doesn't look like he's living bad or nothing. You know, he looks like he lives a pretty decent life. As that far man's as stressed as hell, though. He's stressed because of what they did. Right, yeah. right. No, I, I just mean, you you can just, you can see that weight on him, you know? Yeah, because of what they did to his creative work. Like, and I think yeah. that he's, like, really the real victim of this whole thing more than anybody because it's like, you as a no, creator. No, look, look, if we're going to be fair, we're all victims. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no we, I, I yeah. feel bad for him as a creator, but like, and it's not his fault. Something, anything could have been the. I mean, look, they they even mentioned the other thing, and I forgot what it's called, but that that plain faced um, uh, figure that they were put next to Pepe, like the symbol you know, of depression, drawn up as pence. I can't think of the name of it. Um, that the thing is, he wasn't involved in none of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And he he even. You know, just thought it was kind of funny and cool that they were making memes. He didn't really even understand what the fuck a meme was, you know. But yeah. then they took it out of control and then made it connected to to white supremacy and and hate speech and all of that. And it's like, what do you do, you know? And then he tried to kill his character. You know how hard you know how hard that would have to been to been drawing and creating a character for the majority for over a decade to have to go and kill it. Well. Unfortunately, as many people kept bringing it up, I mean, I'm I'm so sympathetic to him. Um, there's absolutely nothing he could do. You know, I mean, it was like I remember. You know, he was saying, "Well, maybe I should have said something earlier, like you know, to have people, you know, not do it." But I mean, what the hell is he gonna do? Nothing. I mean, like there's there's no legal recourse because people weren't selling it that's not what you know later they get into uh what the info wars guy was doing um whose name i keep forgetting because i just don't approve of the guy uh but (laughs) yeah so you know i mean he he was he was you know creating mass amounts of pulses and then selling them so legally have a recourse there and then it was a guy writing a book and you know there's that we just talking about like drawing pictures on the internet with a character. There's nothing they can do. Even if like Mickey Mouse for some reason was chosen, there's nothing Disney could do. I'm sure they would try, but like, what are you gonna do like stop people from drawing stuff and putting it up on the internet? Like that's not gonna be a thing that's 
Well, like, remember when Metallica, like, around Napster, started, like, picking some random kid in Idaho and suing him for, like, a billion dollars? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> to send the message of, like, don't file share, this could happen to you. I kind of wish he'd done that to some random kid. Um, just to make an example of him and make it clear to the rest of them, don't do this. But the problem with that is, th- so... Don't these people are just creating memes like they're not sell- so they're not even stealing anything like th- so in that case you could do that as a band because they're illegally sharing your music and it's to be you know sold not just you know distributed for free um there is no legal recourse to say individual people are drawing my character and doing things with it that I don't approve of I mean if I started if I started using Mickey Mouse and like putting him on t-shirts they would definitely sue me no, but see, but you're, you're but not if you if you printed one and you didn't sell it, you just made it for yourself. They can't do anything. That makes sense. Yeah. See what I mean? So and it's the same thing with, with this kind of stuff. If you you can do anything with a character, and as long as it's not being sold, and mass distributed in any kind of way, there's no recourse to do anything. That was the- which is part. So that's the problem for Matt. And, you know, honestly, I mean, just being real, man, when um, you see him doing all these, these, um, you know, talks trying to reclaim Pepe and talk about, you know, save Pepe and all that. And he, there was this moment he showed this picture of, I don't know what, you know, brought this on where they decided to do this, but they showed Pepe beheading him. Man, I just started crying. I was like, "This is this is fucking terrible." Like, I can't even as a creator, I can't even imagine yes. what that feels like. That is so beyond cruel. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, that that was just that was that was insane to me. I I just couldn't believe I was seeing that. And 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 I don't know how he has the strength to just continue going out there and, and fighting this fight. It's an impossible fight. I think the reason I'm so frustrated with the Neats, and I know they're probably, they probably don't identify by that term, um, it's kind of like what Keith said. I've also absolutely felt like an outcast, like there's not a place for me, like I'm a weirdo, um, especially when I was younger. And I could have certainly gone in the direction of being really isolated. But I think the difference is, like, none of us went in the direction of, like, oh, I'm going to embrace Nazi imagery or, you know, this horrific stuff. And I know that a lot of these people are probably like, well, I'm a good person. I'm just doing this for shock value and I'm just doing this to be funny and this is all ironic. But at a certain point, it's like it doesn't matter if you say this stuff ironically or not if no one can tell if you're saying it ironically or not. But like they're that, putting, that's where their that's where their power comes in, though. Yeah, but they're putting. And, they're, they're, I think they're accountable for the horrible stuff they put in the world, no matter what their intention was. Right. I mean, I, I would just say they don't agree, and, and I agree. I yeah. would just say they don't agree because yeah. I watched them not agree, and I, I've had these conversations with people before who I don't know, um, and we're just talking online about whatever, and it might be Pepe, it might be some other issue. But they're just like, look, man, I don't even believe this shit. But yeah. it's just funny as hell watching people get mad. Yeah. And that's like, and, and there's even that guy at the end where he's wearing a Pepe shirt, and this woman was talking about this black woman who was an elected official said she's being harassed. The guy shows up with a Pepe shirt on, and, and the media puts all these cameras in his face. And Mike's like, why are you doing this? He's like, because it's funny. Yeah. That's it. That's all he needed. And we have a culture problem. And that's what this comes back to. 
I mean, you know, you were saying how you identify with. Well, not man, let me rephrase that. I mean, like you, you could have been one of these people who's a neat who, you know, ended up being isolated and felt like there was no place for you. And so you, you know, retreated to whatever cave, you know, you were allowed <laughs> to stay in and did, you know, do what you do. I'd understand that. And, you know, I think, you know, at least the three of us have had some moments where we felt like we didn't there was a place we didn't belong and all that. I have a hard time like judging people simply for having that that isolated feeling because, you know, agree. I, I certainly have felt that. Um, yeah, you but but I have enough empathy um, for people that I just would never, even if I were going to make cruel jokes, I would never do that publicly because I know that that at least for me, I would feel like that has some intent to harm. Um, yeah, that, that's why I want to clarify, like, I'm not down on people for being unemployed. I mean, I'm down on people for having anger and taking it out on other people in a sickening way. So maybe See, you're, you're helping me like work out my know feelings. How much of it is anger. Like, I, I, it's, it's unclear to me, like, exactly what these people want, except to watch the world burn. Right. I think, I think what it is too, it's like. I think human beings always want to connect themselves to something that they feel is greater than themselves. So, or some type of cause. And for them, this was their cause and this was their thing. But I don't even think it got nothing to do with unemployment or not having a job. I think it's just a bunch of, a bunch of dudes that just can't get no ass. Like they just can't get none and they upset. Hey man, they upset because their penis is dry. Dude, it's, uh, it's all re- it's all related though. I mean, because you know, I'm gonna sound like one of them when I talk about like biology, but like biologically, we're attracted to mates of some kind who we think have value. And right. if there's someone who doesn't seem to have any self respect, you know, it, it's like why are you drawn to them? But but see, that that, that comes that back, back to like to to how you were raised and the people you're around and. In somebody, even if you're not willing to accept responsibility, somebody telling you to buck up because because you got to grow up. I mean, somebody has to do that for you. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't believe that. I mean, they choose you make a decision to be a certain type of way. But but sometimes you can't you can't do that on your own. It is back to the isolation thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Common would entail as a human being, as as any type of animal, you will do what you have to do to survive, right? Okay. So if you, part part of, I think what it is in a male subconsciously, we want to be able to spread our seed. We want to have sex. Okay. And if we don't, we feel, you know, discarded or we feel like they said they bait us and stuff, right? But this is the thing. It don't take, it don't take a, a brain you know what I'm saying? You don't have to be the, the smartest guy, the most handsomest guy, the, the strongest guy, nothing to get a woman to like you. You know what I'm saying? You just got to like and love yourself first and foremost. And then if you don't realize that, I would think this is me personally. I would think common sense would entail to find what what is it? Why Why do women not like me? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, but they're, but they're, they're only they're only falling into this whole thing like, oh, they don't want me, and since they don't want me, I'm gonna just watch the world burn. Well, I'm well, gonna stop killing people. 
one thing that's very consistent about this language, not just among people who use the Pepe meme, but just kind of the alt-right, there's a lot of stuff related to either lack of sex or like um, just being like too accommodating to women. Like, well, like cucks like, language trying like to cucks, <laughs> simps. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Uh, Cuckzone is trending on Twitter today because somebody did what? somebody did a cartoon like a Where's Waldo cartoon and it was supposed to be like what the stereotypical liberal college um, and there was like a jail for using the wrong pronouns for example it's a joke it's like making fun of all the all the stereotypes about liberals and one of them is there's a place called Cuckzone and that's where Waldo hangs out. Um, <laughs> Did they call it? Did they have one called Beta House too? It's stuff like that. Yeah, so like, it's so. What happened today is like conservatives or whatever these anti-cuck people latched onto it um, <laughs> and thought that it was a real thing that that liberals like do enjoy hanging out in the cuck zone. It was kind of like a reverse Pepe, where instead of liberals misunderstanding conservatives or not knowing how to interpret conservatives, conservatives didn't know how to interpret liberals, and it was one of those great internet miscommunications. Um, yeah, but my brother and I, one thing we do at Thanksgiving, like to make fun of Thanksgiving fights, because my whole family gets along really well, actually. Yeah. And so we'll like sit across the table from each other and we'll go like, cuck libtard, <coughs> liberal cuck. But like, we're both. At least you can, but look, at least you can tell that joke. And like you said, you do like each other because that, that'll be a knife coming out on some families. <laughs> like, I'll kill you, call me a cuck. Uh, and then, well, you know, okay, so um, I, I was going to say, I think we should talk a little bit about the film. Just kind of got what you guys thought about how it was constructing this stuff. And then I'd like to kind of close by just having a real general conversation about big tech and how they've played a role in all this. Oh, boy. I don't know. And about big tech. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you, you know more about it than you think you know. No. Um, are, you, are you saying big tech like the big tech, the Texas like, dude? So not, not, not like like technology, like social media and things like that. Yeah, the, the fact that you stay off it means you know yeah, say, everything about it. It says plenty, Keith. You have opinions on it. <laughs> but uh, you know, one thing about this film, um, and I, did you did you guys feel like you you had a good understanding of what was going on? I mean, for me, I feel like this this movie getting distribution, uh, specifically this year, prior to the election, is super important. Because I do think there are a lot of people who have no clue that this shit's even happening. Yeah. Um, I, I really do hope they're able to, to find a distributor who who is, you know, with, uh, whether it's a streaming server, just some way people can easily access it. I, I've been, it I've been emailing and I think... My mom doesn't know anything about this stuff, for example. Yeah, I, sorry to interrupt. I've been emailing and I think distribution is imminent. Like, by the time this is out, I think it'll have a home. Um, like, I don't know whether it's a Netflix or Hulu or an Amazon or whatever, but I think it will get, get a good wide audience. It, it's it's really needed. I mean, I, I actually realize my in-laws, like, really don't don't know what this stuff is and how it's distributed and don't realize that their kids are, like, the target age right now. Like, they're going after them. Um, whether And when I say they... Not just simply these groups, but but big tech in particular, and the way they amplify and target people, um, it, it's actually really concerning. I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. So, well, l- let's come back to that conversation in a minute, because I, I do want to close with that, because I think it's super important to to mention how this stuff works and how they they target people. 
um, with search engines and, you know, using certain keywords uh, for certain things. But I just want to – I have a really good example of how the hell this happened with me recently, but I want to come back to it. When you huh? say, hey, are you talking about social media? Uh, yeah. Well, social, but not just social media, but but that that wrapped up it like all these things together, like how they amplify these messages and, and the the incentives, the financial incentives they have to do that. Again, they you're saying like right wingers, you're saying like hate groups. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm not even talking about like partisan stuff. I just mean like that's what we try. No, no, tech, big tech. That's why I keep saying big tech. They are making money off all this stuff. Fang on on the stock market, all this stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, well, not even necessarily Netflix, but you know. Anyway, um, the the major thing about this movie is I just think it's important to, for people to see. But I, I don't know, Keith. I, what did you think of the film as a whole? Like, did you feel like you were learning stuff, or that it's something people need to see? I think it's something people need to see. I um, I don't know. It it really like frustrated me, especially like the stuff with um, with Matt Fury and stuff. Uh, I, what about it? Say, say more. Like, just how they just pretty much just, it's like he has no control over what he created. And that's pretty scary as a creator. Yeah, you know, it is. Who, I'm not trying to say that they have no talent or anything at all, but just these these people that's just these trolls or whatever go, and they just completely change something that he made that was supposed to be fun and lighthearted and stuff and turn it into something toxic. Um. And it, that was just, like, extremely aggravating to me. But then also, I think there was this semblance of hope at the end when you see that in China, how Pepe the Frog is represented more as a symbol of hope and um, even, even like, rebellion, in a sense, you know, against the um, status quo. Against authoritarianism, yeah. yeah exactly. So it's kind of like it is what, what you whatever you make it in a sense. And I guess that's art anyway, in a way. Art can be whatever um, people make it to be at the end of the day. Like it's, um, it made me think about like Winnie the Pooh, for example. Like I could have so many different psychological and philosophical conversations about Winnie the Pooh. And then to the next person, it's just like, oh, he's just like a, a fucking teddy bear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's 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 all about their interpretation. So from that, I get it, but I think that I just think because Christopher Wyburns is crazy. What, what, what's the, what's the? Well, you, know, you got the twenty second twenty second explanation of what you mean. <laughs> like I, I think that it's different ways of looking at. It. I'm not saying that he's crazy, but it does represent like um, children's imagination mm-hmm. and like how all of the the um, the so called animals in Hundred Acre Woods are just parts of Christopher Robin's psyche. Mm, okay. Yep. Just, just a little stuff like that. But other people have different things that they feel about it, you know? You know, like, or, you know, so it's just different interpretations of it and stuff. And um, it's like, um, I don't know, Aaron, I don't know if you know about this, but have you ever seen like what people have done with Sonic the Hedgehog? I, I, I don't even know if I want to know, man, but what, what are you talking about? Well, what I'm saying is, like, it's it's kind of similar to what they've done with Pepe before, like, how, like, there's all these different, like, fan fics and stuff like that. There's um Sonic hentais and stuff. And so... Oh, well, well okay, just to be clear for people who don't know, first off, you said hentai. I don't think most of our audience is going to know what that is. Oh, but... it's anime porn. Okay, in anime being Japanese animation. I mean, just to be clear, on the internet, every cartoon has hentai. 
Yeah, it's one of the rules in the internet. But I'm just I'm just using it as an example. Like they they've done everything funky stuff with Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, throughout the years, and just and just pretty much any property, you know, in general. And and I just I guess that that just made me more aware of that when I saw this documentary. Man, as long as I don't see Trump retweet retweeting um, Nazi Sonic, I, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> Um, Please don't. Oh my goodness, I'd be sad. I mean, that's actually what, one thing that was really funny. There were things I was learning about watching this, and I I can't remember what it was, and I think my brain just chose to delete it from my RAM. But there was something I saw, and I was like, "Oh, it's being used like that." No, I love that, and I was just like, "Up, oh, and it's gone." I forgot to forget it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much iconography that we've grown up with. It's um, you know, it, the meanings are, they're going to be what they are to us, but they're being turned on their heads as well. And, and there's so many versions of that. That's part of what the internet is. It's part of its beauty and part of um, its ugliness. I think, I think the moral for me is like, you can't fall into the trap of getting quote unquote triggered um, by these yes. stupid images that are supposed to quote unquote trigger you. Um, but at the same time, you do have to combat these people in some way and strip them of whatever small amounts of power they have. <laughs> and I think a lot of the power they have yeah. is just shock value. So it's like if you can avoid being shocked, I think that's helpful um, to call out the codes for what they are and then go like, yeah, well, that what that means is super racist. And if that's what yeah, you believe. Yeah, but you got to be careful how you do that because we saw how in, in the I'm glad the doc brought this up, but the way Hillary Clinton yeah. Spoke a little too plainly about it, calling. Pe- she said it in a way that honestly made sense if you l- listen to the entire context of it. As soon as she used the word deplorables about, you know, folks, they just they they took it and they um, molded it into something that she didn't say again. You got to be savvier uh, than she was. Yeah, you got to be savvier and more cunning than she but, was. But but but, he, but the thing is, honestly, it's the same thing. Like when. I don't even know how. I don't. I don't honestly know how to combat it. So one of the things that we see come up a lot is, you know, the the doc does a great job of saying like the whole point is to obfuscate the truth and make it difficult to, you know, treat anything as objectionable objectionable fact. So like if the president says something, the next day he says I didn't mean it or whatever, the media won't call him a liar. Right. They say the president suggested this, so the president could have meant this. So experts are disagreeing about blah, 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 blah. And sometimes I think it's okay to call a lie a lie. Oh, yeah. He can, you, you can let him come back and, and figure out this, this shit out about correcting it later. But part of the whole thing is the framing of how these things happen has to be more plain. And, and I mean, it's it's just like, you know, everything is, is it's coaxed with this intent of like, unintentionality or ambiguity sometimes it, you know i think it's okay for media to do more of that because no matter what one thing we have learned is that when they're trying to be fair they're going to be called fake or liars the media will by the president and when they are being more square and saying that stuff they'll be called the same thing anyway that's the whole point of how this movement functions and how he is he how he has chosen the role well, so I, don't, I just think you can't be afraid of that because that's coming no matter what if it's something that does not line up with something that makes um, 
this movement look good. There's also such a blizzard of trash on the internet that people quite understandably assume that everything they see is clickbait. So you can have like, I interviewed Barack Obama about his plans for the next three years. And the headline is Barack Obama outlines plans for next three years. Here's direct quotes from Barack Obama. And people are still like, this is clickbait. This is just garbage. This is, I mean, because sometimes it's headline like that, and it is, which is yeah, yeah. Well, that's the problem. It's because sometimes yeah. you know the New York Times or the Associated Press or some very reputable organization will do a story like that, and then you'll have like the garbage version do the shitpost version of it, where they're like, Obama still thinks Michael Jordan should have done this, and and it's like some nonsense story about a totally trivial thing, and so that's... now, well, I was gonna say with that point, now let's talk about big tech. Because this is where their asses come in. Yeah, I would like I would like there to actually be some code of conduct adopted by reputable news organizations that would be like, does this story speak to the sources firsthand? Like, did the reporter actually call them up and get it from? Do you have audio of it? Um, <laughs> did you call but, but, the other side they, for they comment? Lost all control. They've totally See, lost all control be, be, because they wanted so badly to get clicks that mm -hmm. they chose to use social media as the medium through which people would get stuff. Because according to how they were looking at things, and I was working in, in media at the time, they were like, well, people don't go to home pages. They're going to stuff basically through social media. Like, so somebody links a story to something, and then they click directly to that. So that just means we just need all throw all our shit into social media, not knowing that like when they were given stats from social media, that a lot of it was like bullshit. That's how everybody did the pivot to video too, and that was all lies. Nobody's been punished for that shit either. Almost any website you look at, their top stories are along the lines of like, what time is the Super Bowl on? Mm -hmm. Like, it's 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 not good. I mean, there's it, some there's some real stuff like I like Movie Maker, the website that I run um, doesn't really have a lot of shit on it. Like we don't have a lot of like what time are the Oscars on? Yeah. Really not much of anything. It's every single story is a pretty labor intensive story um, or we identify the sources and say where you can get the information, but that doesn't work in our favor. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get, so it's polite. You don't get more clicks that way. Certainly not. Yeah. And, but here's the bigger thing. Like I, I, I'm kind of blown away at the way some of these algorithms work for social media. There was a game, um, I don't know if either of you are familiar with this, called The Last of Us. It has a sequel getting ready to come out. There was yep. a leak that happened for the game not that long ago. People assumed it was some mad employee. Turns out it was some kind of... Now, before people even got a chance to like really get information, people in these circles uh, uh, like similar to 4chan, it actually just came directly from 4chan, were putting out stuff about how some mad employee because this is right around the time coronavirus happens and they were mad about the plot and all this other stuff now some of this had come out before on a story from kotaku about crunch and all this stuff so people just kind of knitted some stuff together and made up some shit now in the actual leak they show what was assumed to be a trans character killing well crap i'm okay i'm about to give away a bunch of stuff so let me not give away the entire spoiler Essentially, something happened that people were not very happy about and involved a woman and a trans person. They were so pit. Well, and, and something happened to a man that they didn't like. They were so mad that it became like this this rallying cry about how SJWs are taking over things and look at how they ruin games that we love and all this crap. OK, so I had already seen a spoiler image of something. So I decided I'm going to listen to some people talk about it on YouTube because I'm just curious. So I listened to two videos. 
man, after this, I got a bunch of women hating stuff on my YouTube feed and stuff about uh, like just just really, really far leaning stuff about uh, the coronavirus being created in like a Chinese lab and just all this craziness that just like wasn't based in fact. I was getting things about like slavery being okay and just all kind of weird shit. This guy clicked two videos. Normally I get fighting game videos, manga videos. Just, you know, my, my feed's very, very basic. A few comedians who I like looking at stuff about, but not that stuff. Yeah. But this guy looked at two videos. I, was, I keep getting this real, real crazy shit. And the same thing happens on all these other sites. If you click a few things too many times, they start sending you to things that are really incendiary. And the reason they do that is because it gets clicks and it gets people aggravated enough to respond, like it, comment, whatever. And then you get people into this cycle of like got to respond because this person's being an asshole and blah, 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 blah. And they make money off of this. I mean, the reason Twitter's never like really clamped down too much on, you know, troll accounts and misinformation, even people like Trump constantly violating the terms of services, those people get a lot of people's blood running and then they keep commenting and creating activity on the app, which they can tell the shareholders means more money. And by the way, when you go on Twitter to retweet something takes no effort. To like something takes no effort. To respond to something takes significant effort. You can't say, mm-hmm. like, you, there's not a button to click to say this is factually incorrect. I mean, you have to, like, go through a multi-part process in order to complain that something is factually wrong. Like, when somebody was tweeting about whatever the fake, uh, the fake cure was that was actually a malaria cure that didn't work at all, that was found in fish tanks or whatever it was, as soon as somebody posted that, I posted a response to it. But I have to like go to another, I have to leave Twitter, find a news article rebutting the thing, come back to Twitter. Like the effort to retweet bad information is so much, involves so much less friction than the effort to correct bad information. I mean, Twitter and is all, designed for antagonism. And man, so many of my friends have been talking to me about 5G shit. Uh, how that's that's like somehow radiation spreading a virus, and I'm like, guys, like y'all got to calm the hell down. I know, like, look, I'm not a, a scientific genius either, but I'm just telling y'all, it's not a thing. How's it spread in places without 5G? Blah blah blah. Like, man, well, you know, it's a, it's a combination of factors, and she's like, what the fuck? Or even like over this weekend, a lot of white people I know were talking about pandemic. Now I don't know how the white people are <laughs> getting this. Or, or maybe they were just more convinced than other people, whatever. It's pandemic that it was made in a Chinese lab theory. Then made it with Chinese lab theory. Fauci is behind the oh, coronavirus. Fuck. And all okay. this shit. Anybody listening, the latest episode of 60 Minutes, one of the oldest, <laughs> most reputable <laughs> news organizations in the world, explained this one in the last episode. So just Google 60 Minutes and coronavirus, and it will explain the correct version of the story. The correct version of the story is they're researching it to try to prevent an outbreak like this. Yeah, but we were doing that prior to... There's just so much... Whatever. I don't know. Like The more you say, the more people get convinced something weird happened. But, you know, it, it's really unfortunate. I mean, even people saying, like, Bill Gates created the virus so he could make money off the, the cure and all this. It's just like, guys, like, I know everything seems like it's not real right now. But, but damn, like... Just calm down. Calm. Everything you hear is not true. Just because somebody put some good production value together and they, they got a certain sounding voice does not make it real. My thing I is, like, I'm, I'm super suspicious of anything that conforms too closely to my beliefs. Like, if something reinforces <laughs> strongly what I believe to the point that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in tears. This is beautiful. This person just said exactly right. That's when you have to start reading because it's almost never correct. <laughs> 
Well, and, but but here's here's the thing. This information that we're talking about, all on social media, and they're not taking it down, even though they know this stuff is, is false. Now, look, there are plenty of other places they could put this stuff, but they do profit from it. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's also an opinion. You can't take down something based off of just. Yes, you can if it's false. Yes, these people are out here doing wild shit. And we're about to have a second wave because people will not sit their ass down. Look, the, the funny thing is people literally are about to boycott Costco or have been boycotting Costco because they're saying you can't go in without a mask. And they're like, well, the mask activates the virus. Dude, I'm about to... pandemic. I'm going to boycott. That's bullshit, Keith. <laughs> yes, you can take that down. That's a dangerous thing to tell the public. This isn't like, I don't like Trump. Here's why I don't like his policy. This is a mask activates a virus. That's just, just demonstrably wrong and false and dangerous to tell people. Yeah, it's 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 stupid, but I mean, like, who? I'm just saying this. This is the thing. People gonna believe whatever the fuck they wanna believe. Like, just like what Tim said. Like, they just trying to find something to reinforce the bullshit that they already and let them go find it. You don't have to make money off of that. People you don't. That I was talking about there this earlier today. That like how people act, you would think that we've been dealing with the coronavirus for two years. Right. It's barely been, what, it's been two months, maybe yeah. two, three months? And it's like, it's, we need to sit down for a second. Like, I was, I was thinking about the Bible. Like, them Israelites died in the wilderness after they left Egypt because they was complaining all the time. They, <laughs> they, they complained they could have been to the um, land of milk and honey. They complained the whole way. God was sick of them. <laughs> and I think that's what's happening with us. You we, know, just, like, we just talked about uh, the fact that a lot of people are just like, you know what? I'm sick of this. Like, it's over now. And it's like having leukemia. You can't go, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm done. No more chemo for me. It's like you have to deal with it for as long as you have to deal with it. But like, like here's the thing. It, it, we do need parts of the economy open. This is totally true. And there are responsible ways to go about it. But like just like today, there was fools outside someplace in Florida, outside some government building, complaining that the gyms weren't open. But to boycott it, they're outside <laughs> exercising. They're like doing push-ups and shit. And I'm like, guys, like you're, you're actually showing you don't need the gym to do what you're doing. Like, you can't lose your weights, can't use some of the machines, sure. But you can work out. It's not that big a deal, man. No one it, wants the gym open more than me or Keith. Yeah, I would, I would say that it, does, it is a difference now. Like, I do miss it. It's, it's not no difference, but you, it's not like you're, you, you are unable to work out. Yeah, 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 but it's a, it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. But, but, but even when it reopened, like, you can't just go in willy-nilly like shit was, was sweet right after that. Like... I mean, gyms are nasty places. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wipe no, all this shit but, down but all we're not like yourself. we're not saying open the gym. We're saying like you know, let's take our time and do it right. Oh no, yeah. no, I wasn't fussing at y'all. I just yeah, mean, yeah. like in general, yeah. Well, like I can I can understand the the struggle. Don't get me wrong, but I think that there is certain there there is seasons for everything, and like you you can't for a season sit down, and even for a person that works out like. If you used to bulking up and lifting weights and stuff, maybe this is the time that you do more workouts with your body and and probably work on getting ripped. Work focus on cardio. It don't you don't need a machine to do cardio shit. But I mean, 
I, I think just like you said, we're going to have a whole second wave. Now we got a mutated coronavirus, apparently, that's affecting children. Yeah, well, yeah. no, I mean, I, th- I think so, people could, didn't recognize what it was. It's kind of been manifesting. I mean, th- the thing that's really interesting, too, is just the um, the ways that the kind of Pepe strategy is working right now, where you, you know, they got the whole thing about, like, there was this one post someone put on Twitter about, like, you know, you can call me a grandma killer, but all I really want is blah, 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 and to be normal and all this shit. And then, of course, like, oh, well, I was just joking. I was just playing, you know. Just flood the zone with shit. Yeah, it's 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 a really – I'm honestly shocked. I mean, look, we're, we're like at least what, five or six years into this. And I'm, I'm honestly still shocked people respond so so aggressively and so so triggered by these things. I mean, we've been living it with people doing this for a while. So I hope that we eventually learn a lesson from – documentaries like this and just our, our experiences that you don't have to react and i mean what you believe how you feel the the way that that you know you feel like things should go how people should be treated those things don't have to be framed around um things that you know are without fact i mean you, you don't the thing is you do have to find a way to address them keith as you said because you know like for example the cdc Felt like it wasn't necessary to speak to anything that any vaxxers were talking about because people were like, well, that's stupid. Why the hell we ever say anything about how vaccinations, you know, make you sick? Because people know that shit ain't true. But then you allow them to just keep filling the void with, you know, additional stuff. Factual or not, information is information when you're not speaking up on it. And then eventually for, a you know, a good size amount of people, it becomes something that's a valid opinion to have. So we do need to find ways to have these discussions. I do not have an answer, but silence is definitely not one of those. You cannot take the truth for granted. You do have to speak up for it. And, you know, I think we're still learning what that means and and how to hold each other accountable and and to bring empathy back in our culture. I think that's just the main thing that's missing. If we can find a way to bring back empathy within people people and, and to care for one another and to see I mean this is where something like uh, Midnight Gospel would, would be great you know for, for people to find ways to be present find empathy in one another and and, and try not to let our selfish impulses always be the most important thing to us if we can find ways to minimize that that's going to be the most important thing for us culturally in America I think you're exactly right and impulse control is such a huge part of it like, I even noticed this in myself, like, rather than immediately respond to something that offends me or whatever, to just slow down and take a minute and think about it, and is this worth responding to? Um, is this worth engaging with? Should I be reading a book right now instead of being on Twitter? <laughs> I, you know, and I don't know the best thing to do, because sometimes I see stuff like that, and I just walk away, and I don't, I don't respond. Like, I'm, I, I used to engage, and I've gotten away from that, just because it, it gets so, so heated sometimes and then you have people now shit i mean you got bots and you got people who are bad faith actors who aren't even from this this country doing things and, and are just trying to to incite you and then you know bring in their masses of people to pile on and then it's like you start feeling back it's like well shit i'm getting all these like buzzes on my phone from people telling me how much of an asshole i am and all i did was say hey maybe it'd be a good idea to respect women um you know you know what i what i do i just Maybe you should just install the uninstall the app for a while. Yeah, but I I mean, but that 
the problem is like yeah. not engaging is you know can, can be really problematic. Yeah, nah, you'll feel much better. Oh no, no, I feel better when I do that as an individual, but I don't think that that's actually. I, I don't I mean, know that that's the right thing to do because yourself. because letting letting people just because they're being aggressive and nasty, letting them frame things and and do what they do, that's going to become a, a different version of the anti-vax shit. Yeah, but where we're just I, letting them frame because that's what we saw happen in 2016. A lot of these people just frame these conversations. People got triggered and responded that way, and that's not the right way to do it. But but you do have I, there's a way to, to to approach this. I don't know what the hell kind of Buddhist mentality you got to have to do it without well, feeling like you always in a whirlwind. But I think what you got to do is just I would I don't I feel like it's a waste of time to engage with those people. I think what what you do is what matters is what you do as an actual individual. So voting, right? If you on your own create spaces that's more positive that um, reinforce, you know, love or whatever it is that you believe in, you do that and you put your energy into that and keep as far away from comments. Because the thing about the people that's on Twitter, they're going to always be there, rather you say something or not. And it's really just a waste of time. And they just really just want to argue. Just like you said, some trolls that just do stuff just to be doing stuff. Like, I could tell by how people post things that they just want like they want they just want a response they want a response yeah. they don't they don't know shit about writing in a journal that's like <laughs> like i always say yeah. like you got something on your mind writing in the journal because the world don't give a fuck like, <laughs> for real but you know really don't but then people will argue with you you know like, I, I just i just think because this stuff's about political power um there are people like you and myself who it's probably best to retreat and create those sorts of spaces, but we do have to have people who are able to engage in those things because that's not going anywhere. And we can't have, like, we don't want our political leaders retreating from that kind of stuff because, I mean, they're going to be bombarded with it. And you do have to have people who can show that they also have a strong voice. Um, you know, there's there's a balance. I don't know what it is. We have to have people who are willing to have that fight too, though. We really do. My, my thought is... I think I agree with what Keith said. I don't do it, but I know I should do it, and I want to kind of adapt it. I think you not only don't engage with people in the tactical fights, you back up and think strategically, and you spend that time making something that is so overwhelmingly good and so overwhelmingly helpful that you don't need to have the Twitter fights. I mean, Quentin Tarantino makes a movie that makes the statement he wants to make, spends zero time on Twitter, and doesn't waste time with the trolls. He says what he wants to say every three years. And I think you do your painting every few months. You make your song every few days or few weeks. You just make your statement that makes your cultural contribution in a big way so you don't have to make a cultural contribution in a small way. Right. And, and maybe that's what Matt Fury's doing now. I mean, he, he he's, you know, making some some art that's not Pepe focused. He's been doing it for some time. And the book that they show, that children's books. book, that that was that was a really beautiful um, book, and then also you know you talk about using spirals more in his art now, um, using creatures in nature, a lot of frogs still, but I thought that was really cool. You were about to say something too, cute, right? Super good though. Yeah, it was really, amazing. I really like his use of colors and everything. Like I think he's extremely talented. That's why he's I'm, grown so much as an artist, so so much. Yeah. Um, man, it'd be so nice to talk to him. He seemed like a cool dude, you know. So. 
Yeah, yeah. actually, I want to check out some of his stuff. I might, I might purchase it. I need to take some time to check out what he's doing. But you know, I, I really, um, I mean, that was the most traumatic shit I've ever seen an artist go through, man. <laughs> that, that was, that was hard, man. I, I really. I, I can't even imagine that, dude. That was that was painful to watch. Um, and, and you know, I get why the Anti-Defamation League is not removing the Pepe the Frog thing because it's like it doesn't really change how it, it's used in the public sphere. I, I, that hurts though. Yeah. No. But yeah. But um. This is not a fun watch, but I do think it's a necessary one. And, yeah. and I hope that we we um, get some news of the distribution soon. I'm definitely going to recommend it to everybody I know. I'm going to bug the shit out of them to watch this because I think a lot of them don't don't know this is happening. Um, and, I, and I think it will help them understand just kind of, you know, what is – what's kind of guiding the the framing that we're seeing from from news i mean it's unfortunate because social media it, it seems like such an amplifier that's how you know all of our news is, is being being um portrayed and, and and those are the people that are speaking to even if the people watching the cable news networks don't even realize it if you enjoyed this episode check out at the loki pod uh, that's the only social media that we endorse in the entire world. Uh, <laughs> visit us on Instagram. And uh, thank you for coming in. Yeah, and next time we're going to do some fun shit. How about that? We always we say, say that. Episode, right? we, we do say that a lot. <laughs> we're we're going to really try to do that. We, I mean, th- this we I mean, needed to do this. I'm, I'm very, hey, and, and thanks for the guys for, for giving us a chance to watch. We really appreciate y'all. Um, but yeah, we we gonna try to get y'all some some the you know the zig and zag too next time. This was fun enough. All right then, we out. All right, holla, y'all. Peace. Peace.